You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. Uh, here we go. It is time for another episode of Fatterday Omaha, where we connect with food and bring awesome food in and around the Omaha area and elsewhere uh, to you. And uh, to my left in the uh, very spacious uh, two-person booth that uh, we happen to be using for this episode is my co-eater, uh, TJ. TJ, how you doing? Full, Dave. Oh. I believe I've eaten the menu again. Oh my. Well, there were definitely various visits of, uh, I believe you did both takeout and dine-in. Is this correct there, TJ, for this episode? That is correct. I, I think I'm going to leave most of the uh, the describing of the eat-in on your end since we ah. went together once and the rest of my experience has been takeout. Ah, very nice. as a uh, an experiment to see how Sandwiches travel, which hot ones do not often well. Ah, this is very interesting. So TJ is getting into the thing that we are going to discuss, which is sandwiches, but specifically get real sandwiches, which is a fun place. And we're going to get into that, of course, but it is located in the Blackstone area of Omaha at 3901 Farnham Street and a Blackstonian zip code of 68. One three one. Was it uh, Harry Blackstone, the magician that uh, happened to found this area of Omaha? Is that, that what happened? Yes, Harry Blackstone, Copperfield, Dresden, of course. Ah, the trifecta, if you will. Yes, excellent. Uh, <laughs> so to that end, though, uh, located in the Blackstone area of Omaha, lots of fun places sitting over there. Uh, cheeseburgers, nolis, uh, mullahs over there, or mula, uh, night owl, and uh, get real sandwiches. So this was a place that's uh, kind of been on the radar a little bit, but... Uh, Definitely more so on the radar after TJ and I were at Bad Seed Coffee because it was time for a uh, a caffeinated beverage, as often happens if TJ and I, well, I was going to say if we need to do anything, but uh, really uh, most any time is a delicious time for coffee for us. A person that was working at Bad Seed Coffee is like, hey, you got to go to get real sandwiches and you gotta try the mushroom toast. The mushroom toast, it's not even a sandwich, it's it's toast, TJ. I mean, with the popularity of avocado toast, A, that doesn't surprise me, and B, what is a sandwich? Oh. Is it technically an open-faced sandwich and it's just called the mushroom toast? Yes. Is it a toasted sandwich, a toasted open-faced sandwich? I think then it counts. Oh my goodness. I suppose I could take two slices of a mushroom or avocado toast and apply them in uh, using some type of childhood puzzle skill block stacking maneuver and turn them into what would be, I don't know, the colloquial <laughs> sandwich uh, to the two slices of bread uh, with things in between them stacked on top of each other. So this is good. And the debate may rage on for the purposes of sandwich discussion, but that's, we're not here for the form factor. We're definitely here for the food, but let's talk about the place right quick. They have about 15 tables or so on the inside and about four tables on a really nice uh, patio outside. So you can see the uh, Blackstone vibe, drive by the restaurant or walk by or possibly scooter by uh, in, the, in the Blackstone area, which is fun. It has that Blackstone vibe or a downtown little bit of vibe and, and a bit of chill. The, the music, the interior, uh, definitely when you and I went, TJ, just it feels nice to sit in and and having been in several times it's been nice every time yeah definitely uh a, a comfortable space to be in and as you say that sort of blackstone vibe with i think the the overall colors of the place and uh hmm. a lot of chalkboard you know menus oh, and such type yeah. of things happening that seems to be uh fairly common so a very uh open but also cozy space with yes. a uh a hallway off the back for uh, for restrooms that you may or may not need your uh, 
Resident Evil gear to get through. There's just a, <laughs> a hint of strangeness going all the way back there from this uh, very bright, uh, pleasant, ah, I see, uh, I see, open what you're type saying, of yes. space and uh, extremely friendly and knowledgeable staff. Yes. I would say also they for sure seem to be very, very accommodating yes. in all things. Yes, big shout out to uh, Aiden and Thread uh, that were there. Thread was actually there. Uh, I think almost every time I went in there, uh, Aiden talked to us. Uh, as as well just uh because it was my first time in and i'm like hey what what should i get and that was super helpful and uh tj you had mentioned cozy i would like to call out the l-shaped uh booth area that has some nice throw pillows so you can kind of choose like a high top counter by the patio on the patio low top pillow-based, right-angled seating conveyance, a lot of options, so definitely fun on the inside, but uh, and and a nice, um, usually there's a nice soundtrack kind of backing the whole thing, just kind of slightly funky or slightly mellow and uh, kind of at the the right volume, I I feel, that where you feel part of the uh, total wrapped up meal package of the restaurant while at the same time not kind of blowing you out of the water it just it it well we said vibe it creates that vibe so that's pretty cool yeah actually for those of you who miss uh, caffeine dreams as much as i do this Ooh. is a uh, a semi similar vibe if, mm. if one were to uh combine a little bit of that that experience with a sandwich shop Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, amongst our several visits, I I will call out briefly that uh, one thing that I really like is that each sandwich kind of has its own interest. These are not copy-paste sandwiches. Each one on the menu is sometimes quite different. But of course, since we're talking about Get Real Sandwiches, the very first thing that we need to talk about is soup. I mean, I've got some brief notes on soup. I think you have more <laughs> I do, notes I on do. soup than I do. We'll just say that what's nice is you can indeed get a soup and sandwich or some popcorn, which I'm hoping TJ is going to tell me about because I, I did not have, and I, I hear it's kind of tasty. But really, there's two soups typically on the menu. They have a tomato soup. And this is kind of a, um, I, I have in my notes, which is where I keep my notes, that kind of has a, a sweet tart type of flavor and that it is good with the croutons uh, that they serve with it, providing that crunch. Now, of the two soup options, I actually like the second one best, but I will state that if you're going to get the cheese sandwich, and TJ, I believe you had the cheese sandwich at one point. Yes, I think I got a bite of it. Oh yes, um, I I think we will we will get oh. to that later. For now, I will just tell you that it is a cheese sandwich. So, the point that you are about to uh, mm-hmm. about to get to is uh, is made quite clear. Get the tomato soup with the cheese sandwich would be a good combo if that is where your heart desires, so that you may adunk your sandwich. However, I would say that if you're not getting the cheese sandwich or you're going solo on your soup. I'd have to go with the other one, which is the carrot soup. This was a deep, smooth carrot conveyance in a bowl. I'm, I'm hijacking your, your conveyance word this time, but uh, bringing the deep flavor on it. And the thing is, is that it had microgreens on top and it has a fun little chickpea crisp on top. So you can get a bite of these crisp chickpeas with your carrot soup a little bit of paprika dusting on top. And frankly, I don't think you need the chickpeas to make it awesome. It's just good on its own. And I really appreciate a good high quality soup where somebody put some time into this, where it doesn't taste like it was, you know, reconstituted from a uh, cylinder and it's really enjoyable. So it's fun by itself, but the chickpeas do provide a nice little uh, extra textural element and, you know, it's very satisfying and uh, you might be able to taste some of the the fire, the heat that was applied to turn these carrots from their raw root vegetable into a soup. Tej, did you have the carrot or no? No, I exclusively had the tomato soup and then wound up being jealous ah. of uh, your experience or envious, I suppose, of your experience with the carrot soup. Okay. I like a a brighter, 
more acidic, more tomatoey soup. Mm. There's nothing wrong with it per se, but Just it's definitely preference. not to my taste. Okay. However, what I have here is maybe if you top it with provolone or something and serve it really hot, thereby making it something more like a French onion soup. Ah. I think I have enough items here that uh, touching on a cheese sandwich fairly briefly sure. uh, will do. Absolutely. The grilled cheese sandwich is a three-cheese sandwich with white cheddar, provolone, and Swiss, Ooh. also including whole grain, honey mustard, on sourdough. Hot uh, most dog. of my memories run towards that sourdough. Mm. So that cheese blend works. I do, in fact, like Swiss quite a bit on a uh, a grilled cheese, and I'm glad to see they include it. Yeah. The, uh, the white cheddar, of course, gives it that nuttiness. Sharp. The provolone... I feel like provolone is almost a... Uh, Real mellow. Yeah, sort of binder cheese and almost Melty. anything it's in. Yeah, it brings things together. It, it ties together the other more noticeable flavors. Yeah. Usually, unless it is a uh, a more distinct kind of funky, trending Swiss type of provolone. But usually it just kind of marries whatever else is in there, yeah, which could... it seems to be doing in this case. Yeah, and I could see, too, that you have the, you know, the cheddar... You know, may not be an easily melting cheese versus the provolone. Maybe there's, like you said, maybe this just brings all the cheeses to the yard. And it does seem to do a good job of that. Again, the uh, the honey mustard is a, uh, a good counterpoint to all this without overpowering anything. And then there's the bread itself. This is a very rich sandwich. I mean, I realize it's, you know, melted cheese. <laughs> and three of them. Yeah, so that's already going to be fairly rich. But a nice buttery kind of, and wow, I think I'm going to use this word at least twice in this uh, episode here. Oh my. Craggy. Had a, had a very like open that. crumb in spots yeah. and less so in others. That Just sourdough texturally it out. Yeah. Very, very pleasant. So it's a, it's a very rich, very texturally interesting, nicely uh, grilled, grilled cheese, toasted grilled cheese, however you want to say it. Yes. Uh, pan fried grilled cheese to go with, in theory, a little cup of tomato soup. Mm -hmm. That is where that tomato soup works. Yeah. Uh, for me, not in a lot of other places. Again, didn't care for it on its own, but I think these two together would be a, a good marriage of food stuffs. Yeah, and I think you might end up with a balanced bite of the sweeter soup. And then, uh, man, I love that cheese blend. The uh, mustard to me is an interesting move on that bread. Was it... A sweeter, a little little zippy, or I, I mean, maybe it just all works together and it's delicious. I, I guess that's probably what it sounds like. Slightly acidic and earthy as a stone ah. ground mustard uh, really ought to be. And with that, uh, you know, mustardy, whatever, whatever chemical is involved in, yeah. in mustard or horseradish, just a hint of that to kind of balance out the, the smoothness and the richness of the cheese. Again, a really good choice, one I would not have thought of myself. This just in from the Fatterday Faccurate Department. Mustard seeds have glucosinolate and through chemical and or enzymatic reactions result in isothiocyanates. That contributes to the power of a strong mustard our host is referring to. This has been a message from the Fatterday Faccurate Department. We'll definitely be talking some mustard here and your affinity uh, for mustard, but I'm curious on the honey versus the Dijon. But before we get into sandwiches, we had more stuff, and we will definitely be talking about sandwiches because it's get real sandwiches. But I wanted to talk about sides really quick because one of those things was a recommendation from one of the friendly folks at Bad Seed. But I do want to talk about the Brussels sprouts, uh, many S's in Brussels sprouts. But these were a fun side. They had a perfect per-leaf fry. I just really like fried Brussels sprouts, so there is that. But it's really nice when you get a lot of crisp and char on your Brussels sprouts. Everett's on Maple does a great job of this. I don't even know if there's a whole Brussels sprout in the mix when you get them from Everett's. It's just a pile of tasty leaves and it's delicious. I love them. But uh, yeah, a good per leaf fry on these Brussels. A little Pecorino Romano, so kind of a higher end. A, uh, I believe Pecorino Romano is a sheep's milk cheese, so kind of fun there. And then uh, kind of to top it off too, pickled onions. And the pickled onions make an appearance also on the uh, mushroom toast coming up. They're good. The pickled onions are good, but I kind of wanted to mine into the plate, kind of 
work my way down to the Brussels sprouts underneath of the onions to get the Brussels goodness we're in, uh, you know, therein for a good Brussels bites. But with this, you can kind of pick your own path, choose your own Brussels sprout adventure, if you will, and you can either get, you know, some of that uh, onions and sauce, or you can dig down and uh, get straight to the, uh, I believe they're, uh, we're, we're, I think they're a brassica, they're in the brassica family. Uh, Brussels sprouts. I think that's uh, right, yeah. Uh, broccoli, broccoli, cauliflower, all them kind yeah. of things. Not alums, because that would be in the uh, onion family. So I guess there were alums on the brassicas in this case. But uh, did you get a chance to to do the uh, the Brussels, or should I move on to the uh, fabled and aforementioned a mushroom toast? I did a little bit. Uh, again, this is uh, somewhat in a distant memory, as this was uh, our Eden visit. Yes. And I swiped a little bit of yours. This has a good deal of that sort of comfort food Feel yeah. with a great deal more interest. There's just a lot of care mm-hmm. in the preparation and uh, choice of uh, various pieces to this dish. Yes, if you if you are uh, practicing a vegetarian diet and you're tired of showing up places that only have an iceberg salad with whatever, you could show up with the Brussels here and uh, some of that carrot soup and have a deeply satisfying meal but speaking of satisfying and quite awesome we gotta speak on the mushroom toast first of all the recommendation from the fine folks at uh, bad seed that uh, was awesome and i have to to thank them again for that because otherwise i, I well okay so i probably would have tried it anyway because we we're kind of trying to try everything on the menu but the thing with the mushroom toast is you get four slices which is awesome. I, again, I'll, I'll hearken to my notes. Four slices, vegetarians rejoice. This is going to be another awesome plate, and doesn't matter whether you're a uh, carnivore, herbivore, or omnivore, this is going to be good for you. What's kind of fun, too, is there's not ricotta on it, TJ, but there's whipped burrata. So you've got the interior liquid center mozzarella move on here, but whipped up, adding a creamy element to the toast. And the mushrooms are great. And then you got the toast crunch. You've got the creaminess of the whipped burrata, and you've got a little chili flake with a little just gentle heat on here. And then To add to the visual element, the microgreens and pickled onions, we talked about the microgreens on the soup and the pickled onions on the Brussels, they're back and they're beautiful. If you take a look at our socials, you can get an an eyeball on this uh, dish here and it's gorgeous and thankfully it tastes gorgeous. I love the thin sliced bread so it's not just this huge... Well, okay, so I like a big crusty piece of bread too. But they're nice and thin and just a perfect crunch, kind of like a, uh, oh, I don't know, like a little crostini, but just they're not overfilling. It's just enjoyable to eat and a great accompaniment. I I think if you had this and the soup or this and the Brussels or maybe shared this and a sandwich, this is going to be delicious. Or you, you could probably just have those four slices of bread with mushrooms on them and whipped burrata and probably be pretty happy. Uh, TJ, did you get down on the mushroom toast or should we progress over? Oh, wait, there's popcorn in here somewhere. TJ, where would you like to travel next? Well, Dave, with that lovely segue, I don't think we can go anywhere other than the popcorn. (gasps) The popcorn. I was not expecting to like this, honestly. Well, okay. I was expecting to be okay with it. Because it's popcorn. Yeah. How, how much of an appetizer can popcorn really be? Mm-hmm. It's never filling. Well, that's not true here. It's never that interesting. Again, this is kind of a game changer for me. I have recently been looking at various popcorn seasonings and ways to enhance that flavor for reasons uh, that get extremely complicated, actually. <laughs> I uh, had gone with other flavor enhancers, but had looked at nutritional yeast. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, I believe, the first one, two, three. No, the fourth ingredient on this list, but the one that stands out most to me of fried caper, pecorino, olive oil, nutritional yeast, and house seasoning. Whoa. This is a, a tiny bowl of uh, popcorn revelations here. One, <laughs> I use Romano frequently on my uh, popcorn at home, and this somehow 
works a lot better. They uh -huh. use a lot less than I would, uh, kind of sprinkled throughout. It's very surprisingly light for what it is. Ah. And being properly tossed and interspersed through the popcorn mm -hmm. with, I think, just a little bit on top in the middle. Oh, so you still uh, get some shreds in there. Right. Yeah, you get, a, you get it fairly evenly there. The fried caper, I did not notice, like, a fried caper anywhere. Okay. I'm kind of wondering if these were ground or just included in hmm. the toss. Uh-huh. It's hard to pick out the individual flavors, probably due to the house seasoning, but overall, that olive oil richness and just a whole heck of a lot of savory makes this very satisfying yeah. with kind of a more more dense, robust, still still crispy to okay. uh, uh, crunchy, uh, <laughs> popcorn-y goodness here. Ah, yes. But a little bit more of a dense kernel and... You sit there eating them individually. This would be a good popcorn to sit there and eat with chopsticks, in fact. I love eating popcorn with chopsticks. Yep, and savor every last little bit of it. This is pleasant. If you are looking to have something light, I could almost go for just this and the Brussels sprouts or just this and the soup. Yeah. Something for a, a, a very light lunch and be exceedingly satisfied because of the amount of flavor and the enjoyment of eating. The variance of menu items available here is just plain fun, and I, I really dig that. Uh, should we migrate over to things that are uh, typically served with uh, like two slices of bread and some stuff in the middle? I mean, we are at a sandwich shop. Perhaps we should talk about a sandwich or two. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you had the chicken sandwich. Is this a true statement, sir? Uh, yes, I did indeed have the smoked fried chicken. Yes. I think I'm up to three rounds on that now. Of just that sandwich? Of just that sandwich. <laughs> yes, this, is, uh, this has been many, uh, many sandwiches in the making. Mm. This episode, yes, some a a mere distant and delicious memory, and some fairly recent. Yes, you want me to start off on that smoked fried chicken? I would, and then I will I will uh, glide in because, well, maybe some chickens can fly, but uh, yes, I I will glide in and roost on the uh, sandwich after you're done talking. Alrighty, so smoked fried chicken. The first time I had it, I added lardon, which is a uh, <laughs> one of many many options if yeah. you are ordering online. You can just Click that there button to add things, and that was irresistible once. And then once I'd done it, it was irresistible every other time. Ah. Uh, they are not as uh, heavily seasoned as, say, a bacon proper okay. would be, but they are adding a, a good deal of richness and meatiness oh, yeah. to the sandwich, and it's hard to resist just clicking that little button for a small extra charge <laughs> to add lardon, lardon to my sandwich, because how often can you do that? True. So I have my smoked fried chicken, add lardon, mm -hmm. coming normally with house pickles, whole grain honey mustard, spicy aioli on a brioche bun. Mm -hmm. So on my first eat, I think I remember noticing the smoke more on the second, less so on the third. Also, like it's, it's subtle. It's not super strong. I'm mm. more aware of it, the, like the scent of it wafting when I open the box. Scent like, of a chicken. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, my, my favorite <laughs> movie. So. Uh, the next thing is, is kind of an ancillary note. The aioli adds a little bit of heat and that savory pepper flavor, but is kind of a background player to the mustard and the addition of, Dave, the house pickles. They're, oh, they're so yes, sir. clean. Uh -huh. There's just something about them that's a nice, refreshing little hit of acid, what a pickle is actually supposed to be mm -hmm. when you put it on a sandwich. There are so many applications where I would rather leave them on the side. I love me a good pickle. I love me almost anything vinegar-based. You touched on it earlier, my love of mustard, possibly, not exclusively, but strongly because it is a an acidic vinegar-based thing that mm. I will eat off the dang spoon. Make no mistake, I love some pickles in general, but I usually don't want them on my sandwich. I don't want them on my burger. Most of the time, they are a distraction that just makes my bun wet. <gasps> and nobody likes a soggy bun. No. The pickles are delicious. They are yeah. a wonderful, clean hit of flavor. I, nice I just, house I have pickle. clean over and over in my notes regarding these. They, they are so very fresh, these two mm -hmm. little slices of... Interest, Cuke deliciousness. Uh, a, a window, a little bit of fresh air 
wafting Ooh. across a uh, wait a wait that's a whole nother smoky room radio show fresh air oh, chicken pickles no terry gross i'm sorry anyway carry on i was trying to remember the theme <laughs> and all i can get is all things considered in my head because that's burned in there forever <laughs> Well, so you've got the, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say that, that uh, you know, you had the, the pickles mentioned over in your notes uh, uh, many times. I do as well. And I will use one word in my notes to apply to these pickles. Appreciated. These pickles <laughs> are appreciated. Very much so. You get that salt, vinegar, pepper as a single, like, together sauce along with that cucumber freshness. And it's a wonderful and balanced combo but means that I need to order a side of aioli to really, truly understand it. Aha! The chicken itself, the breading is what struck me, especially on the first one. I think it held together Mm. a little bit more. On subsequent ones, take out notes, not always perfect together. It is fried. Yeah, sometimes the breading does. It never has gotten soggy. Oh, nice. I will point that out. Sometimes it holds together better than others. Okay. But... When it's as close to fresh as it can be, uh-huh. or fresh ordered in store, that wonderful, craggy, uh-huh. interesting, crispy, just texturally, mm-hmm. that fried chicken is is absolutely wonderful. I've rarely encountered something that is just has has so many peaks and valleys in the breading itself in just a single piece of fried chicken. The Bryce Canyon of chickens. Quite. <laughs> the, the topography is uh, 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 certainly sold me on the sandwich as a whole. Uh, you know, what's kind of interesting here, too, is, uh, and, and longtime Fatterday listeners uh, will maybe remember this phrase, but uh, I burger scienced the chicken, TJ. I went in because sometimes I want to know how the thing in the middle of the sandwich, if it's a burger, how does the patty taste? And uh, in this case, how is the chicken? And it's nice and, yes, I'm going to use the word moist, even without the breading. Like, it's just good on its own. And that is awesome because it could be a dry chicken cutlet slice, etc. in there. And maybe that, that fry breading is bringing it up a notch. No, it's still good and moist all by itself. And that is appreciated. And then the fries kind of like of the bonus, which is kind of cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's. Everything here and all the notes by themselves are good Mm -hmm. and uh, in harmony even better. We'll talk about the Cubano here in a minute. I did order mine without the mustard as TJ, you could probably either confirm or deny that as a a small Saturday Omaha host many, many years ago, a smaller TJ may or may not have eaten hot mustard off of a spoon on a semi-regular basis. I am not in the same mustard camp as you, so uh, I I made a decision to forego the mustard on the chicken sandwich, but uh, I think because it's a honey mustard, if I ordered the sandwich again, I think I might get it on there. I will say that the the spicy aioli, uh, the perfect sauce uh, for this chicken in my case, so you may not need the mustard either because it has a spicy aioli, or maybe they mix and make a really good sauce. The brioche was a good choice. Toasted. There's quite a bit of sheen on top, and I'm not sure if that is at all natural burger sheen. I was gonna, yes, we're pulling quite, it. Quite we're pulling so. out the uh, the uh, old school Saturday uh, glossary dictionary here. So burger sheen, just so you know, is when you when you're looking at the burger bun, it's just got a got a nice shine to it. And and when we say burger holder, in this case, chicken holder, it's the bun. It's the thing that holds the stuff in the middle. Quite so, and I don't know if that is due to them brushing it with something, if it is uh, what naturally happens when you heat this particular brioche bun There's up so much butter bit. in the brioche, it just exudes burger sheen. I mean, that could <laughs> be the case. Once Ooh. you warm it up a little bit, you just get a little bit on top. It does have a nice sheen to it, so the outer layer is good, uh, and the bottom layer is toasted brilliantly to the point mm. where it elevates a burger holder minus to at least burger holder if not burger holder plus ah, status uh-huh. it is tasty and works on the sandwiches that it is used for additionally when it sits there in the box yes that that takeout experience it actually improves oh. the bun 
steams in the box because everything steams in a takeout box, mm. no matter how you might try to make that not happen. And it works because steamed buns in many cases are delicious. Wait they a minute. Great on hot dogs. You don't get your takeout with the standard Fatterday Omaha vacuum takeout box where there's no air present inside the box at all? I mean, I'd have to pick it up myself to do that, which would make <laughs> it very hard to... Uh, to use the delivery services. Patent pending um, TM and made up. <laughs> yeah, entirely. Although, you know, there may be a prototype for it. I already have the hot <laughs> box for transporting Indian food on heated bricks. Oh, yeah. This could be a thing. He's not but making yeah, that the, up either. He's Nope, he, not he, a bit. <laughs> well, in the case of this bun, they almost improve in transit, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. Uh, besides uh, bread care, I think this is uh, intentional bread, which, of course, is one of my favorite late 90s, early aughts bands. They're awesome. Um, I think... Oh, I thought that was one of those life co coaching books. <laughs> intentional, intentional Bread by Fatterday Omaha. But since we've released our final musical uh, Fatterday Omaha Sings box set, please, please, no, no, don't open the box. Now it's time to go ahead and release our book series with Intentional Bread. Um, speaking of Intentional Bread and bread that is cared for, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about one of my favorite sandwiches from... Get real sandwiches, TJ. Uh, the Cubano. Ah, uh, this was the sandwich that was recommended to me by Thread, who I talked to the first time that I went in. And uh, for this mission, I have had this sandwich more than once. It has ham, Swiss, which you would expect. Applewood ham, by the way. Dijon, which the first time I ordered this, I did get the Dijon mustard on the Cuban roll and an aioli, and also pork belly. They baconed up the ham, TJ. They doubled down on the bacony hammy goodness. And this is a big sandwich. Took up uh, most of the eighth sheet pan or, or half the quarter, whichever one it was served on. And in this case, the pickles on this episode are back, this time on the sandwich. Again, house-made fresh. This bread, crispy, lightly crisp bread, smooth exterior. And I'm wondering, did they wet sand the outside of this bread, maybe with olive oil to, to give it that perfect bread sheen? It was beautiful. There was definitely some goodness here. The pork belly definitely porked up the ham. It's not bacon, so don't be expecting it to be a crispity uh, crunch bacon on there, or highly seasoned in this case. Just an extra layer of pork flavor, a beautiful presentation on this thing both times. It's just delicious to look at before you even sink your teeth into this thing. And uh, we haven't talked about the hot sauce yet, TJ. And I applied the hot sauce to this sandwich, and it's, it's available free as part of the restaurant. It's their OG hot sauce. On my first outing, I dipped the second half of the sandwich into this hot sauce, and it turns out that the Cubano sandwich, and it does come sliced into two sections, is a transformer. You can apply that OG hot sauce to it, and all of a sudden, it takes you from Cuba to, like, Midwestern barbecue, you know, pork barbecue sandwich. So you kind of can get two totally different sandwiches by use of the OG. Now, the Dijon. TJ, we had talked about your love of mustard. Not my preference to have overpowering mustard. However, as our co-host from episodes past, Sam once said, I want to order the sandwich as the chef intended. So I get the full move there. For me, the mustard was a little bit strong, which is why the second time I ordered the sandwich, I got it sans the mustard. But Choose your choice. I would recommend from a, oh, I don't know, angle of attack on this bread. If you don't want your toppings to end off on the side, which produces second sandwich. Uh, if you're filling out your Saturday Omaha uh, bingo dictionary cards, uh, please fill in your letters now. Uh, but second sandwich, um, go in for a head-on complete bite. That's going to give you the complete bite of the sandwich. If you come in from the side, you might uh, eject or lose an ingredient or two. But if you're trying to produce second sandwich, which is 
the stuff on the plate after you eat something, especially if it's like a sloppy joe or a taco or something along those lines, you or barbecue sandwich, you kind of get a, a second meal, which is a great thing. So choose your choose your angle of attack correctly. That bread, though, toasted ham, slight char, and not fatty. That's where the pork belly comes in, can add that. There is cheese on there. It's Swiss, but it, it kind of becomes part of the sandwich, maybe trending almost into a sauce versus a slice of cheese. So kind of integrated in and probably not the most powerful thing within the sandwich. And the aioli handled the moisture just fine. Note, when eating in, this is temperature hot. For my sandwiches, I had to wait a little bit for my sandwich all the time. And I appreciate that. That means it's not just slapped together out of a bin. They are putting this together and really caring for it. The uh, bread was crisp, not like crunchy, but crisp, and just this gentle texture, and frankly, good on its own. I did enjoy my second round Cubano minus the mustard myself again, a little bit more, but I dig this sandwich. This thing with a side of soup or maybe those Brussels or something along those lines, I, I think Thread was was correct in, in the recommendation there. And this is a just a great sandwich. I, I really dug it. Did you get a chance to sample the Cubano or were you only uh, ancillarily, ancillarily? I'm going to stick with that around the Cubano sandwich. Dave, I didn't have the Cubano because you recommended it, and I knew you would have <laughs> enough notes on it, enough thoughts on it to, uh, to speak that. to it. And the menu is, it's actually not a huge menu, but I wanted to try pretty much everything on it. Yes. And it is a tasty menu, so I kind of left the uh, the Cubano for later, because I have, I have a good deal of notes here that we're probably not going to get to in the show. Oh my! So I'm I'm glad to hear that description. I will great. probably be having it at a later date. I am going to briefly touch on the uh, the Italian here. The ham is kind of a, a nice ham. The salami has a bit of a pepper hit. The capicola is where I suspect I'm getting that hint of fennel and that sort of oh, what do you call it in in a cured meats? Is it a cure? Is it a ferment? That bit of funkiness mm, that we may something have like to... a capicola uh, uh, really brings to the fore. Or a true country ham kind of does. We may have to reach out to uh, a prior guest, Jared Eaker of Otilly Meats and Butchery, and ask him for the official industry term there. But go I ahead. Believe so, yeah, because that's now that I'm thinking about it, I've never had a term for that. But in this case, we'll just call it, you know, the the funkiness. Ooh. Overall, the mix of Italian meats on the Italian meats works well as a mix of Italian meats. A little spicy or no mild? What's what's the spice factor because I, I would expect an Italian at least if, if you call it an Italian sandwich my expectation coming in is that it's got just just a little bit of heat but not like hot uh spicy in terms of of heat not so much um not okay. not that I was really that I I have nothing noted here I got don't you. particularly remember it okay I think more the uh the acidic ah, and, uh, and yeah. peppery and you know spicy in terms of uh flavor overall flavor layers right. of flavor yes uh, that I noticed I a did not notice a whole heck of, of a lot of heat okay happening here yeah so overall a nice blend of of Italian meats that until you start really digging down into it you you notice the the individual hits of this or that, but it kind of comes together as something that my brain just says, yep, these are certainly <laughs> Italian meats. Excellent. Uh, so it's it's that mix of that, those slightly uh, come into play on a number of things, and I will get into my, my most important application of these oh my. Uh, in a bit here. Yes. But that nice peppery uh, mix of very fresh, very deep green greens. Oh, yeah. And then we have the pesto and the jardinera. Oh, yeah. Which I'm certain a, a, a native Chicagoan or uh, any number of Italian individuals could tell me that I am mispronouncing, but I'm trying my hardest with jardinera. This just in from the Fatterday Faccurate Department. Hi, I'm Marissa, a Chicago area native, and it's jardinera. This has been a message from the Fatterday Faccurate Department. 
We'll include that. We'll include Jardinaire, and we might even include the garden. It's fine. Indeed. The garden is a, the garden is a really good, <laughs> good a better description uh, uh, if I am working in English. And yes, I know it translates, but the the I love me a good the garden. <laughs> how how do you audio uh, uh, communicate squinting and looking back and forth while thinking about a word? I think you just did it. Do I do? Can I make a swish noise with my eyes? Yes. Real. Oh, how'd you do that? The garden. Uh, so I love me a good, you know, one of them. It's Jardinera. <laughs> yes. Again, the overall hit of acid from such a thing. Yeah, uh, a little pickling action. Frequently the heat, although there are uh, non-spicy options available, though I think those are probably less true to, uh, yeah, to what it ought some to heat, be. For sure. And that was the thing that confused me on this sandwich. The pesto overall, Ooh, yeah. a, a decent example of a pesto, did not taste uh, jarred to me. Although it could have been. There is such a thing as a good jarred pesto where it has some time for the, the flavors time. to meld. But tasted uh, a little bit, you know, I don't know. I should check <laughs> some pesto recipes. But uh, definitely some time to meld. Mm -hmm. uh, very savory. The basil, of course, comes through. And then uh, I have noted that I did hit a uh, not fully uh, mulched pine nut, just a hint. Oh, uh, fun. Not a whole one. Yeah. But a, a good-sized uh, chunk of one to make me aware that there are real pine real nuts. Real pine nuts. In this pesto. Nice. So that's very tasty. The jardinera, jardinera, the garden. The garden. <laughs> that thing. Yeah. Well, tasty. I did not notice it on my first eat through of this sandwich oh my uh which confused me slightly because i was kind of excited for it sure and then it didn't happen but i wasn't that uh i wasn't terribly disappointed while well, i was expecting you know whole pieces of uh of vegetable yeah in that form i didn't really miss it and i was trying to figure out why so a second ordering of this sandwich yes got me my information the jardinera jardinera <laughs> the garden is mulched practically beyond a visible recognition. It is almost a sauce in this application, which if you were to tell me about it, as I am telling you about it now, Dave and dear listener. Yes. Uh, I would tell you is pert near sacrilege. Oh, I, I don't like that idea theoretically, but it works here. Ah. It adds those flavors and doesn't make the sandwich complicated. This is a fairly uh, compact sandwich sitting on its ciabatta roll. That being the the least uh, interesting detail of it in my mind. I just remember the bread was decent. But all of this together, the the physical act of eating the sandwich is easy. It, it ah. is a more compact, more... Uh, single unit of sandwich the cubano is the same way because it's it's the layers are pressed nicely together mm -hmm. so you can get in there and you can get a good cohesive bite right and i well i wanted those individual chunks of vegetable there in this case i think it was the right decision it adds the flavor without me having to get the pieces of cauliflower up off my plate <laughs> after i take a bite of the sandwich so this is a surprising way of doing things, very different. I like and it. Well, I do like my uh, my jardinera, jardinera, um, the, the garden. garden. I like that in in whole form. Again, for this application, it works. I'm I'm happy with this. This is fine. Excellent. You have more more sandwiches over there. Dave, I have all the things. We're not really even going to get to the pulled pork, which is oh. delicious and a, a nice uh, mix of things. One of the, as compared to the others, unremarkable sandwiches, which is saying something because it was delicious and it had those pickled onions I like. The bread bar is high here. Yeah, er everything happening there is is lovely. I have like a half page of notes sitting here on fries, which I'm going to sum up by saying the herbed fries themselves are good on their own. Okay. And I wouldn't really deviate from that unless you want an addition, mostly a dipping sauce. Ah, okay. They are so tasty on their own. 
I probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't bother to get much else with them unless I desperately want a dipping sauce with my fries. There, we've now summed up all that. Uh, good point, because you can do, I mean, we talked about the, the popcorn. You could make that aside. They have bagged chips, or in this case, the fries, which they've elevated a little bit, it sounds like. So fun uh, side choices, or you could go with a bowl of that carrot soup, which is cool. Okay, all right, carry on then, or carrot on, something like that. I don't know if I was beaming my thoughts to you unintentionally oh. <gasps> because the thing we are going to talk about is yes? quite possibly the highlight of all of my visits and I did not expect that the roasted carrot sandwich oh, oh. Um, I had to try this based on a uh, a friend of the show recommended the place based on it being a uh, well partially based on it being a good place to uh procure food for your vegetarian needs. Yes. So I did have to try one of the vegetarian sandwiches. Also, vegetarian fare, other than, you know, here is a large plate of beans or something, when it is done well or appears to be, is very interesting to me because it is difficult to make it satisfying. Easy um, to make, unless delicious. You're at, unless you're at an Indian restaurant and then they crush it. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it, it. Mentioning Indian as vegetarian is practically cheating because the vegetarian so is just included with all of the mm. other things and consistently pretty much as good as all of the other yeah. things. But in this case, so I often rail against if I were to say bed and then I were to say bath and I were to give you another word to go with it and then <laughs> apply that word to a burger patty, not a big fan of that that contrivance. Any number of meat substitute products, uh, nutritionally, I have a little bit of a problem with. And I also have a problem because here's the thing about vegetarian cooking. Vegetables are delicious. Yes. I don't need you to fake my bacon. Make tasty vegetables because vegetables are tasty. The roasted carrot sandwich, for starters, big slices of roasted carrot with a wonderful, almost meaty texture nice. with that little bit of sweetness that proper roasted carrot oh, has. Yeah. Also, I don't know where on earth they got these carrots. They are <laughs> they're these really big just planks of carrot. It's almost like a large slice of meat of some sort. Wow. The texture is great. The the overall just size of it it eats like a meat sandwich think in terms of the slices if you've had of an had an eggplant lasagna uh -huh. where the eggplant is sliced real wide oh where the eggplant is nice and lean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nice a, elt a nice elt <laughs> it's a lot like that uh, additionally you have grilled caramelized but slightly toothsome onion uh provolone i found Hiding amongst the mushrooms. Oh. Uh, I had to browse along the edges because it is nicely browned along the edges oh. and ever so slightly funky. We were talking about that earlier. Uh, provolone is generally very much a background player for me. Yeah. This one does stand on its own. It even well, has then. a nice texture, and I'm very, very picky about that. A little more, I suppose, higher protein, uh, slightly less melty, but still quite hmm. melty texture. So that little bit of browning on the edges and, and getting a good bite of it was a wonderful thing. Uh, red pepper hummus does what it says, and I think better than the aioli for this purpose. Ah, uh, In the notes for the roasted carrot, you'll notice we described the, the pesto uh, reasonably in-depth. I think earlier and on the roasted carrot sandwich, my notes say pesto. Yep. <laughs> because everything else is interesting enough that it is just a side note. Uh, same goes for the ciabatta, the greens they're at length because they are a good mix. They're fresh, they're peppery uh, in places on the sandwich. They were a touch overpowering, but it almost gave it like, a sandwich rhythm of sorts. I love sandwich rhythm. Ups and downs and a little bit different in this bite. Turnips and the bass next downs. Versus the last. Always got to have my turnips and bass downs. Yes. And now I'm on a turnip sandwich. That one's never happened before. <laughs> I was doing nice TLT sandwich. This, this tasty vegetarian sandwich. Yeah. And then the, the mushroom conservera. Bless you. I'm I'm gonna say that you know I could translate this uh, this into mushroom preserves, okay, uh, which would kind of make sense. Not a a sweet preparation, but 
so many pieces of interesting I, I have written down because I'm not sure are these oyster mushrooms? I'm pretty sure there were oyster mushrooms. Okay. Uh, different pieces of mushrooms, different size pieces of mushrooms, but you're definitely getting a good slice of something that is distinctly mushroomy and tasty and kind of stands on its own. Nice. In something that in places is a little bit of a sauce. Um, where where it is milled a little bit finer here, a little bit coarser there, and whole pieces uh, here, there, and everywhere. Excellent. I would say this would even work for uh, for people that have a. I have noticed a a sort of mushroom phobia based on texture. Mm. A lot of people like the taste but do not care for the texture mm -hmm. because these are frequently a little bit firmer. And play nicely again against that. I can't believe how much I love the the greens mix here. It really is good and a, a wonderful textural addition. And everything is in the sandwich is playing against that. And those big old planks of tasty roasted carrot. It just works. I did not find a boring vegetable anywhere. They not only have the care for the bread, but they also have a an eye for good veggies. Sounds like also with the roasted carrot sandwiches as a main player, but also as the accompaniments, they seem to do a very good job across the board. Yeah, there's so much care in the details here. Carrot. All of the bits and pieces that do come together to form a, a wonderful cohesive whole tend to be pretty darn good on their own. Mm -hmm. This is... From soup as, to nuts, if you will, they're taking care of it. Right. This is as elevated a sandwich as I have had anywhere that I can think of. There is there is certain uh, chefiness to these sandwiches. Yes. yes. The, the overall product, the balance. There's so much love in pretty much everything here. There's not a bad one in the bunch. I agree. Not, not a bad carrot in the bunch at all. You know, we have described quite a bit. Are there any other sandwiches that you wanted to just drop a uh, a lightweight teaser on before we kind of wrap up the show here a little bit? No. Wow. He just, he said it. Ah, the chemistry of these hosts. I love but yeah, it. I'm, I'm really out because <laughs> I, I, I summarized my extras as, as best I can. <laughs> I, I really it. did want to focus on, I can't tell you how good that carrot sandwich was. That was the first thing I, I ate it. here and it's still I'm trying to to branch out to order more of the menu to try or retry different sure. things for uh, uh, getting data on those things for the reason of of telling both you Dave and you the listener it's so delicious it's a fun place to be go see Thread and Aiden at Get Real and try one of those things that we recommended. I, I think you're going to have an excellent meal. I know I did on my various visits. I had a good time eating with you, TJ. It's also nice to hear that takeout works well too. So there's some options. Get Real Sandwiches, Blackstone, you can go see them and you can find them precisely at 3901 Farnham Street. You can find us, of course, on the radio, and you can also find our podcast. Just follow us if you missed part of this episode or want to hear some more stuff. And with that, I'll just say that I'm Dave. And I'm TJ. And we are Fatterday Omaha. Thank you so much for being with us, lending us your ear time. And until we eat again, stay hungry. Bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email fatterdayomaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay hungry. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. <laughs>